0: Welcome back to our Streaming Science Podcast Series. Streaming Science is a student driven science literacy program at the University of Nebraska Lincoln. Through our multimedia platform, we connect you with scientists and scientific concepts that can enrich your everyday life. I'm your host today, Bethany Carlberg, an Agricultural and Environmental Sciences Communications major from Mullen, Nebraska. Today our guest speaker is James Raber, a Nebraska born and raised staff member here at UNL. James is currently researching tractor performance testing, which plays a huge part in new agriculture technology to increase profitability on the farm. Tractor performance testing helps researchers see how much power a tractor is using and how much power is needed to pull specific equipment. This is important because farmers can save a lot of money by knowing what type of tractor to buy that will work best for their operation. I understand that for your master's research, you were trying to determine a way to measure and record power transfer from the tractor to the implement. Can you explain to everyone this what all of this means?
1: Yes, yeah, so the tractor basically has three functions that it performs to the implement. You have hydraulic power as transferred, uh, draft load, Either through the drawbar or the three point implement or PTO power. Uh, so each one of these is measured independently right now, and we're kind of looking to determine how best to maybe combine these to give an overall uh, perspective of the real world use of. Multi, of using more than one system at a time.
0: Okay, awesome. So what were, what's the kind of history and beginnings of this research field?
1: So as long as what there's been farming, people have been kind of testing out the animal power. That's where we kind of came up with the terminology for horsepower. <laughs> uh, tractor testing really started back in the early 1900s with the Winnipeg. Uh, field trials, Uh, they basically had a bunch of farmers come out and they'd just pull a large plow and whoever could till the most amount of soil in the same amount of time basically just demonstrated how much power each tractor had. Uh, This kind of led to the the Nebraska Tractor Test Law, which... Uh, started the Nebraska Tractor Test Laboratory here on UNL's East Campus. Progressing from that, there's actually been many studies ever since over drawbar testing, PTO power, hydraulic power, and also belt testing, even though most belt-powered implements have been discontinued since about the 1950s. It's mainly been replaced by a slightly safer power takeoff.
0: Okay, so with all this power testing, what are you guys looking for in the data?
1: So we're looking to verify that manufacturers are producing tractors that meet their claims. Uh, We don't want to have a John Deere or Case say, well we have this 500 horse tractor, and the farmer buys it and he's trying to pull something that requires 200 horse and it can't even pull that. So we're kind of looking to make sure that manufacturers stay honest with their performance requirements and uh, performance statistics. So
0: Oh, yeah, that's important because that can apply to pretty much any farmer or rancher in Nebraska yeah. looking into buying uh, tractor and equipment.
1: And the other thing with this is if we allow tr- uh, farmers to know what the power requirement or what the power output from the tractor is, they can properly size their implements so that they can make the most use for the amount of money that they have for their operations because if you have a 300-acre farm, you don't need to have a 48-row planter, for instance, or a 60-foot disc. You can get by with probably a 12-foot disc in an old 40-20 tractor. You don't have to even buy a brand new one if you don't want to, so.
0: Right, so your research kind of reaches into field efficiency as well, with farmers especially?
1: A little bit, yes.
0: Okay, did you always know you wanted to go into this research field or how did you come about being interested in power? Uh,
1: not really. I started at the Nebraska Tractor Test Lab my senior year as a student worker and I was working on digitizing one of the uh, standards that deals with uh, implement sizing and machinery management. and uh, so kind of going through that, I picked up a lot of the, well, he, here's a tractor or an implement. There's a lot of missing information in here or there's a lot of variance that people might not realize when they're doing calculations as to, oh, well, he, here's a disc that, or a tractor that says it can pull this or here's a disc that needs this much horsepower but it might have a range of 20 to 50%. So that's quite a large range to be trying to size a tractor to a particular implement even. And there's really not a whole lot of combination loads. So if there's any hydraulic power, say from a vacuum fan on a planter and the drawbar load, or if you have uh, PTO power and draft load from like a rototiller or something.
0: Right, so do you guys work through the Nebraska tractor testing lab a lot still currently? Uh,
1: Yes, the whole research is kind of based on uh, on what they want to do for future testing. So right now currently OECD is one of the standards that they use to do the performance test and that lists out guidelines on how to perform each test so and what parameters to collect what how to format the test and everything and then um, how, how to have other information presented as well and so those tests basically deal with just PTO power by itself. So the tractor's parked on a dyno and it's running for six or eight hours through several tests uh, and then they'll hook it up to a mobile dynamometer car that they uh, we call the test car and it'll go drive around the track and it performs drawbar testing. And then they have a bench that they can hook up for the hydraulics and test the hydraulic power. So what they're looking to do is actually combine the loads together so you can have a drawbar and a PTO load at the same time while they're doing track testing or a hydraulic load while they're doing PTO testing because most operations require more than just one power source. So... My research kind of is collecting or is trying to come up with a background into how we can collect to implement data that we can then use to create the test and then use those tests to test later tractors.
0: Could you explain the different types of results you found in your background research?
1: So, my research dealt with. actually selecting instrumentation and data acquisition systems to be able to measure each individual uh, system. So I created three different systems, one to measure hydraulic power, one to measure drawbar power, and one to measure uh, the PTO power. So uh, each system is kind of... uh, I was. We have to kind of make a proof of concept of, hey, we can actually collect each one of these on a mobile piece of testing equipment, not something in the lab, uh, and then be able to go out and take field data and then eventually combine kind of the three systems together and then uh, use all three of those to really give our mixed uh, power Testing so
0: okay. What are the biggest challenges with this research?
1: Um, from my perspective, the biggest challenges that I had was uh, a lot of the manufacturers' calibrations that you get, you pay money for that says, okay, here's our procedure, here are the points that we tested, and here's the output that the sensor should be giving. Uh, several of the sensors that we had didn't perform that way so we had to go back and actually redo the calibration which sounds simple but when you're dealing with several uh, well one example was on the PTO we actually had several sensors that we tried out because we initially went for okay what's the easiest one for the farmer to put on take off he doesn't have to mess with anything it's just on the tractor when we're done using it we take it off and he, he has the exact same tractor he had before it's as little interference with his line of work as possible. Uh, The first sensor we had had a nice quick coupler like you see on most every implement. You just push a button, slide the shaft or the PTO shaft onto the tractor shaft and it's locked on. Uh, We found out that this had very high or very low tolerances that allowed it to shake and basically might have actually broke the sensor at when we were trying to put it under a load. And so we went and ordered a different sensor that actually clamped onto the PTO shaft so it was a lot tighter. And we are we had very, very tight tolerances and they it still developed a vibration to it. And so we're hoping that maybe when we go to the field We'll have lighter PTO shafts because the one that the test lab uses on their dyno is made for 700 horse tractors, not just every day, thousand uh, RPM or 540 RPM PTO shaft, so...
0: Right, so uh, some of the research, trial and error. Yeah. Uh, refix, so it must be pretty motivated, though, when you actually hit a success and find out something new.
1: Oh, yeah. On the hydraulic test, I didn't actually build the fixture that I wanted to to actually put it on the back of the tractor, but I was able to prove that if we had a flow meter that needed... Uh, 10 port diameters upstream and downstream so you need to have a certain length of hose or pipe upstream and downstream of that flow meter in order to create a more even flow through it and on the back of a tractor when you're talking about a flow meter that's about 6 to 8 inches long and it has 1 inch ports on it you're talking 10 inches upstream and 10 inches downstream plus the width of that flow meter, so you're looking total about 28 to 30 inches. On the back of a tractor, where are you going to find 28 to 30 (laughs) inches to place one of these? So uh, what I ended up testing was the effect of the bend in the the hose in front of and behind the flow meter and saw if there's any correlation or any Uh, variance and pressure and uh, flow if we adjusted those. So uh, the end result was we we didn't see much of any change, so we thought it would be very applicable to actually have this be very compact and be able to be located on the Mm -hmm. back of a tractor without much interference to our actual measurements.
0: Okay, yeah, so if you were eventually able to figure that out, what impact do you see that playing in the future?
1: Well, I guess uh, there's actually been some research that's starting to supersede even my research. And uh, so instead of putting this sensor on and going out into the field and collecting data, could we just put the sensor on a tractor and determine what the Uh, flow rate through it is on the CAN bus, which is a controller area network bus. Uh, So if we can take the correlation of what the tractor is saying the flow rate is versus what our instruments are saying, then we can just log the data from the tractor and we don't actually have to add any additional instrumentation which could actually make the whole system cheaper in the long run.
0: Mm -hmm. Cheaper and more efficient and faster results, right? Okay, so if you could give any advice to somebody who's interested in looking into this research field or career field, what advice would you give them?
1: I think they really need to understand what data they're trying to collect. Uh, There's a lot of people out there collecting data, but they're... They're just collecting everything and they're hoping somebody in the future will know what to do with it. Um, I don't see that as the most applicable way of collecting data because maybe somebody in the future won't use it. But if you know kind of what you want as an end goal, you can specify what information you want to collect and actually probably speed up your collection and the amount of time that it takes you to finish your research and move on to the next step of your
0: research. Yeah, that's fantastic advice, especially because the big trend right now is big data. All these people are collecting all the data but have no idea what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So it's something, and it's something I see as a huge career field to go into also, those people to figure out what to do with all the data. Um, so great advice on telling them to kind of have that own end goal and end vision. I'd like to thank you for being here and hope you have a wonderful day.
1: Thank you.
0: Again, thanks for listening to today's Streaming Science podcast about tractor performance testing. It has been a pleasure being with you all today and you can listen to more podcasts at www.streamingscience.com. I am your host, Bethany Carlberg.